So fun fact about Alexa Losi. Alexa has the most insane Rolodex of friends. Like if you asked this girl about 25 different amazing people in LA, she would probably have each of their number, each of their contact. Like she knows everybody. It is amazing. Uh, and yeah, that's wow. my fun fact for the day. That's a good is, fun fact. I, I'm not mad at it. It's probably pretty accurate too. It's very, also, very true. I feel like you know literally everyone. I so love anyone gonna hack into your phone and steal your contact book you're the phone to break into because you well, it's true the whole thing. it's up. like i think somebody figured that out do you remember that whole year that like celebrities were getting their phones hacked into <laughs> were you i was like the one no i was like the normal person who was like going through so many like security procedures i still don't have icloud backed up on my phone because i was oh traveling God. last summer and my phone got stolen in london like somebody snatched it out of my hand as I was walking Wait, and I was what? like, there goes literally everything. Cause I don't back up my phones anymore. Oh my God. ICloud. Well, wow. that's, that's a fun hacked. fact. That's a well, fun fact to kick it off. Because, yeah, it was interesting, but it was also really bad at the same time because so many people's numbers got leaked and it like, wasn't my fault, but someone oh was smart God. enough to realize that like going through mine, you could have gotten like an entire friend groups. Wow, so I was like very right. Like I haven't even rolled the intro and like we already have the drums. (laughs) Roll the intro. Let's roll the intro. Well, back to Potty Talk. The podcast where we shit talk ourselves. I'm Jack. And I'm Tor, and today we have the YouTube queen, Alexa Losi is here. I cannot. Your tour, I'm Alex. True, it's like the short form. Join in the little intro. Let's do it again. I'm Jack. I'm Tor. I'm Alex. And we are here to make your day better. Um, No, but seriously, Alexa, so excited to have you on the podcast today. I feel like your journey and your career is so intriguing and amazing and successful and all of these things and so I want to go back to the very beginning I was looking at your YouTube the other day you have been posting for the past eight years which is absolutely insane um tell me about this journey like how did it all begin why YouTube what took you to the platform and I mean obviously I know you've transitioned since then and it's not all YouTube you're consulting you're on Hulu you have all these things but let's start at the beginning Wow, you really just made me seem, it, you really made me feel like I was like, wow, that life sounds exciting. It's yeah, not, yeah. Not that's the life you've lived. That's the life wow. you've lived. Um, but yeah, nearly a million subscribers. Like, tell me about that. I was a, I hit a million at one point, And then when you stop making videos consistently, people just kind of stop. So I've been there. I know what You'll that You'll have was. multiple a million moments and that's even better. You get to have that better. Live. One moment that was really weird though, is like, I hit a million and then like I kind of stopped making videos and like three months later I probably was at like 90 900 eight whatever close to a million and then I made a video with a friend and that like kind of like boosted just like maybe a couple thousand yeah I was at the Too Faced headquarters and that's when I kind of like mentally told myself like okay cool like I love this brand like I'm not really on YouTube anymore and they were like so excited to have YouTubers they threw this in giant like million subscriber party as if it was like the first time I had hit a million subscribers you didn't tell them right you had to play it off for sure oh I had to play it off being like oh my god did I hit a million crazy like I have no idea (laughs) wait Wait, that's funny but I celebrated hitting a million on the Hulu show that I worked on so I was that the first time the first time I hit a million. Okay. And then now I, hopefully if I become a YouTuber again, I'll get to hit a million all over again. And that's probably when it's actually going to like mean the most. 
because that I is like too videos. funny what was it oh like posting that first video because you were like this is back when you were smoky pink leopard like this oh you know oh i know i was like an avid youtube watcher from the wow. i mean that's the whole reason why even i started youtube like it was watching people like you and other and other og creators what was it like posting that first video i mean it wasn't like anything i like when i talk about it it seems like such a different life like such a different I don't know. It doesn't right. feel like it was my life anymore. I feel like I just like watched a movie. Um, <laughs> watched a of, movie, turned it off. <laughs> I mean, I just like attribute so much of like why I became a YouTuber and why I did it to Blair Fowler. Oh my God. Juicy. Oh. The story <laughs> is like the 360 of all of it is actually crazy. So I became a YouTuber because I loved Juicy Star and I loved Shane Dawson. They were like the two creators that I was like, if I could be somewhere in the middle of both of these two, I would be so happy. And I think in the prime of my YouTube, I kind of was in the sense oh, that I was making were, like totally. really kind of dark comedy beauty videos that I really yeah. wasn't even aware. I didn't even know that I was making dark stuff. <laughs> like I just would like joke that I would like lock my friends in the closet and like feed them in beauty products. And like that to me was very normal. Um, but the first time I made a video, I was 16. I was in my childhood bedroom at my parents' house that's up for sale right now, which is also weird. Um, but yeah, I was just there. I didn't have any friends. I had so many rules growing up. I didn't really like see eye to eye with people. I was inspired by these two people that also seemed like they were kind of like outcasts in their own little world, but they have found this way to be these like leaders almost in this like virtual mm -hmm. community that was kind of erupting that I feel like was inevitable because entertainment was just a very no new friends club. Um, <laughs> True. So when I made my first video, I think I was like hyper aware of kind of what the community was, but at the same time was like, okay, I just want to do this. It's fun. I didn't know you could really make money from YouTube. I didn't know. I actually didn't really know that people could watch your videos. I made the first five or six <laughs> thinking that like I was just uploading them for myself and that like I could go back and watch them. And then it turns out like there would be like 150 views on a video or like one video that was like what I got for Christmas got like a thousand views. And I was looking at it like, that's no, that's not real. And then I was like, oh, wow. there are people that are like emailing me or like I'd gotten a couple messages or like there was another creator. Oh my gosh, Sarah Bell. Oh my God, yeah, Sarah Bell 93X, yeah. baby. So Sarah Bell 93X, like I liked her videos. And then yeah. I realized that she was commenting on my videos and like all these things. And like wow. naturally I was just like so interested by all these other girls that were making YouTube videos. And like Sarah lived in Kentucky and there was a girl, Mimi, that lived in Missouri. And there was another girl that lived in Maine and like, we would all just get on these video chats and talk to each other. Wow. Like I found this place where it wasn't even like I was doing YouTube because oh, I really liked making videos and it was fun. But at the same time, it was like how I finally made my first group of friends. And For then sure. like, I met a girl named Lauren that I'm still friends with. And she lived in Chicago. And then I met a girl named Claudia who lived in Chicago. And we would all go to like these YouTube conferences. And that to me, was like my equivalent of going to like a high school party. Right. Like, whoa. Like I'm meeting all these people that I know on the internet. And then that kind of branched out of like beauty to like wanting to do other stuff. Cause I made friends with these guys that had this like all guys collab channel with like comedy videos and like befriended other kinds of YouTubers that I feel mm. like I had more interest in the content that they were making. But yeah. The first video didn't really feel like anything. It just, I thought it was something that only I could watch. And I thought wow. it was something that was just like, fun to do and then I think it was kind of like within the first year I had like a manager and I like lived I had like that's fast that's yeah, really it was kind fast. of crazy that's like the, it, I look back I think it's just because no one was really doing it right like in the early days of TikTok it was right. like if you were one of the white first space. people to get on TikTok yeah people wouldn't even really know like 
does this girl really make great content? Like, I don't really think my content was anything spectacular. I think I was just like a little bit more vulnerable because I was more naive than most people. And I had like networked, AKA made really natural friendships with people. Right. And it was just good timing. Yeah. I I didn't have the mentality of like, oh, I'm going to collab with these people or I'm going to befriend this person to blow up. It was just like, Mm -hmm. this person is really interesting. And like, I want to make a video talking about the things I like because I live here and she lives in New York. And it just Just a happy accident. Well, there's something I always say, there's something to be said for that, like interesting time in YouTube from like what, 2010 to even like 2013. It was like such a special time in the Mm -hmm. sense that it seemed just more pure. That's the only way I can describe it. And all of those relationships and those communities grew mm-hmm. so organically. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it turned out to all these companies, they find out they can be making money and whatever, monetizing everything. And then that's when the shift kind of happened, which not necessarily a bad thing, but it did change the landscape of it all. But it's interesting. You say you don't really know necessarily why you blew up, but I think something about your videos, what you still, it still rings true today is that you have this sense of like, you're so genuine. You don't have mm-hmm. the, the lights, the, all the, like all this Glitz and glam. Um, yeah, glitz and glam, the filter. You're just like so authentically yourself and you share your story honestly and you have this way, I think for people to feel connected. Do you ever find a, kind of find a struggle with being so authentic and putting everything out there? That's why I kind of stepped away for a long time was because mm-hmm. I think in my head, like I was so used to my friends that were so good at producing content. And for me, mm-hmm. I've just like never been good at it. Like, I think I look oh. weird with lights on my face. Oh. I think I look weird with too much makeup on my face. Like I am actually like super, I really overthink things. And I also get like frustrated at times that I'm not as good as tech, like technically as other YouTubers. Like I remember looking at like Connor Francis content when I was like super close with him and we were making videos together and just seeing like how his brain works like so analytically and so like he's such a good editor and Mm. he's so good at getting like the right shots and he has an amazing eye for things. And I think for me, I was frustrated because I was like, uh, I guess I'm just going to talk about my feelings and what I think is funny because I think that's the only (laughs) thing that people really relate to. But then I find myself now, like the few YouTubers that I watch, like very few of them have like polished content. Like yeah, I can yeah. respect a Tati video all day long, but I can't get myself sucked into it. It's like yeah. they're beautiful and they're set up and they're like structured and they're be- like, gorgeous. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I want to watch like some like a random vlogger that like yeah. has a hundred thousand. David Dobrik all day long. You know, I love even him. David Dobrik is like structured and like, yeah, I like his is. videos yeah. too, yeah. but it's structured and it's like, you can tell that there's, there's a, a formula plan and sure. whatever. There's a formula. Yeah. I like watching people that have like kind of semi-normal lives, even if they are a kind of bigger YouTuber. I like to watch the random things that people would probably find really boring. Yeah, totally. And so I think that's like, maybe that's the audience that I, that's what I like to watch. So maybe I like subconsciously put that out. Hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I kind of, it makes sense though. I think there is like this weird shift because it started out, you know, back in whatever, 2009, 2010, when YouTube started to get momentum, mm-hmm. where it was what exactly what you're just talking about. There's no background music. There's no fancy lights. The there's golden no, age of YouTube. Exactly. There's no fancy <laughs> lenses and gear. We're all just literally filming on like even webcams, webcams, yeah. right? Webcams. Oh my God, throwback. <laughs> um, my favorite throwback. childhood game. Yeah. Uh, and and then it so shifted many. to everyone investing in all this gear, crazy setups, crazy backgrounds. Yeah. And then, I feel like in the past three, four years, we're shifting away from that. It's back to that more like raw, if you want to say, video style and content where it's not overly Mm -hmm. set up. And again, that's just what people, I think, see themselves in. So crazy. 
Yeah, because it's and like if I want to watch a really produced YouTube video, I'll watch like a Jubilee video or like a cut video. Cut, yeah. Those are because even like I think Best Dressed is like such a good example of somebody that takes like the elements of being like an old school YouTuber, like mm-hmm. merging it with like really, really highly produced content. And I also like how like vocal and vulnerable she is about like how crazy it makes her go. Yeah. Because like I feel like when you put on this image that it's like very easy to do this, it's like, no, dude, like she's losing her mind and she tells you that she's going crazy. For sure. Um, but even that, like, I love watching her videos, but then after that, I want to watch, like, an hour-long vlog of someone that has not edited anything. Yeah. Right. So it's just weird. It's interesting to, like, see kind of what you gravitate toward at a, as a consumer, but I have a weird, I have a hard time watching creators that make such high-produced content mm-hmm. and don't include any element of their life. Right. Mm, like, there are so many people that are, like, technically perfect YouTubers. Right. But, and like people love them. They're getting millions of views a video. Like I literally don't even make videos right now. So like I don't have any leg to talk, but I still want to watch like an hour long unedited random video. Mm-hmm. Watch HRH. Oh, that's so funny that you said that. I was literally this morning. That's what I watched her video. She posted one today about like her mom or something. Talk about her dogs in the car. Like, and oh, not editing. And like there's like. Skinny legend, latte. Like, yeah, she's just screaming and it makes no sense. But you just want to have it. Like, I mean. I live alone, so it's just like, oh, like a little friend talking in the background as I make yeah. breakfast. Like it just yeah. feels more normal. Interesting. And she's so when- also just like, she screams, which I love, and like oh. people hate her opinion. He's and I so like polarizing. It. But like, like, I don't agree with her either. Like, I like there's some things where I'm like, I get where you're coming from, and I respect where you're coming from, but like, yeah. no. But like, I, I just, I still want to watch it. And oh, I think totally. she does a really good job of educating viewers into kind of being scared of not like being a bad viewer. Yeah. And she's That's totally so right in all of it. Yeah. And I think she's like, something- click the affiliate code. No, literally, <laughs> exactly. It's it's everything backwards by, you know, traditional standards of what you mm-hmm. should be doing. But there is something, and I think that's why, you know, I gravitate to her and you gravitate towards her because it's different, but it's also real. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. interesting. And she makes you not hate her for having like eight zillion kind of useless designer bags. Totally. Little you're like, you deserve those. it. And then you're like just... <laughs> making jewelry in your living room. Yeah. And like, and then just like oh, segues into all of her new like jewelry and like selling you on it. You're like, I kind of need to buy it now. Like, I, I made a couple orders this quarantine. I'm not going to lie. Too funny. So clearly it's working. But anyways, to segue totally. out of the YouTube world, because I know you did take, well, you're, I guess you're currently still on a hiatus from YouTube, but there was yeah. a point in time where you had sort of taken a big chunk, a year, two years of time years. where you then were focusing on other things. And that was like school and that was consulting and all these things that weren't necessarily going online, but were obviously changing you as a person and impacting your life growing up. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that experience a bit? And was it, was it a great way to find growth, like kind of stepping away from the platform? I mean, it's so weird now because I look at it and like I when I'm talking to people do say I'm in like a retired YouTuber mm-hmm. and like I might step back in from retirement, but like, I truly don't know. And I even like tell people, I'm like unsubscribe. If you really feel like I'm never going to come back, yeah. like, if I come back, I'll come back. And it's probably not in a way that you expect. Right. So, by all means, if I come back, it is on my own terms. It's not to appease any viewers. It's not to yeah. appease the brand. It's not to appease a manager. It's cause like I'm doing it. And to be totally honest, like, I feel like I was on YouTube for two years, kind of after like 2013, 2014, 2015, when things were like really fun and they kind of got like, I just like lost YouTube friends that I thought were real friends for Mm. like these branded partnerships. And because now like 
certain brands were doing this. And if you kind yeah. of shed your friends behind, you could like move on with this. And for me, that just didn't make any sense. And then I started, uh, I did school the whole time I did YouTube. I think I took six months off of school well, until wow. I graduated yeah. from like high school to then. Um, but like, yeah, I moved to LA to go to college. I didn't move to LA to be a YouTuber, mm. which is like, right. so Wait, where are I think you from the, originally? I'm from Laguna Beach. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm like from California, which like some YouTuber made this like backhanded comment to me. Like, yeah, just not all people are like cut out to live in LA. I'm like, bitch, I'm from here. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Literally Born from here. Like, bitch, try to make it in my hometown. Good luck. Oh my like, God. Seriously. I just think of Lauren Conrad. Like oh my that's, God, yeah. she's there. She's there. <laughs> you know, when you're from there, you think you're never going to go back. And then right. I've been spending so much time at my parents' house because it's empty right now. So like that's, that's nice. kind of been between LA there and quarantine. So I like go right. up to LA on the weekdays to work, go back home to just like be in the sun and the, and the oh, weekend. That's so nice. But now that I'm there, I'm like, am I going to move back here? Yeah, you're like, like maybe this is special. Because that's something about, I mean, gets, yeah. You know, I feel this way, Alexa, because I always think the vibe in LA is just so different than Canada and Toronto. Like when I'm out with you in Madison, I'm like, this is a different world. Like the people are different. The vibe is different. Um, have, did you find like being a young teenager and like being in that like LA scene? Cause you were like in the heat of, with all these super famous YouTubers. Like, what was that like? I don't even think like my... I look back on it and like, I'm really happy that I would never did drugs yeah. and I was only like abusing alcohol as an underage kid. Like I'll just True. say it. Like I am so thankful that like my like super, like my best friends that I was like really like crushing it with or yeah. like partying with in LA when I was like 18, 19, 20 are like still my best friends. Yeah. So like I'm thankful for that, but I'm like really thankful we didn't get like swept up into the scene of things because like totally. it was not real life. Yeah. And like the stuff that goes down, like I think because I'm still in LA, like when I leave LA, I'm like, people are doing that on like a Tuesday. Yeah. Like, even like <laughs> I don't know. Like LA isn't like I feel like when you're in LA, you're with like me and Madison, and like Madison and I are like, I feel like both like very wholesome fun. Totally. Crazy shit that happens. No, totally. Like, a group of girls and I that like really weren't friends, we were all kind of like talking about um, this like one thing that happened a couple of years ago. And I don't know if I'm going to talk about it yet. So I don't want to like totally go into it. Yeah. But we were like, holy shit, like that, we are all in such different groups. Like there was definitely a group of kids that were like really druggy kids. There was a group right. of kids that were like, kind of dabbled there was a kids that kind of did like cd stuff and then i feel like we were kind of just like adjacent but wholesome yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> like invited invited to the party but like stood in the corner you know? invited <laughs> but like in bed by one like yeah, yeah invited like took shots and left like, yeah exactly exactly invited uh how did vodka cram bailed and yeah went to, totally. went to the diner the makeup's um, off by like oh a nice 1 a.m and you're in bed like life is right i can't complain. yeah totally so no. good. I feel like it's really interesting because then I guess, I mean, you, I mean, growing up in California, you've had both the experiences of, you know, just regular everyday life and then being in that scene. Whoa. What are some big misconceptions that you feel like people have about the whole LA influencer, YouTuber, actress life? I think it's something that's like, I've really learned in quarantine now that I've like, I mean, you can't live any lifestyle in quarantine. True. Like yeah. that's why like I've really been kind of trying to step away from content too right now is because like making aspirational quarantine content just seems really weird. Right. And that's it's kind horrifically of horrifically tone deaf. Like oh, it's, it's just, living it's weird. Life. Yeah. It's weird, but just like everyone's coping with it their own way. It can, it's whatever. 
Um, but I think it's made, really made me realize that like going to a party where they're serving caviar and champagne on a Wednesday to like launch a new eye cream is like not normal. It's right. like very weird. And it's something that you're supposed to like experience only like every now and again as a treat. Yeah. And in LA, it's just normal. It's just every and, like, day. Yeah. Quarantine yeah, and champagne. Seems- that's like it, exactly though like it sounds weird and I think that's like the misconception is people also see that on Instagram live and you realize that you didn't even like live in the moment of what that, that that's actually supposed to be like right. you'll see all these like Instagram stories of like a spa day but like a spa day is supposed to be relaxing if I'm on like an influencer spa day I'm like where's my phone I should be filming this for the brand or like yeah. I should be doing this and it's like you see all these things and there's like a couple influencers in particular that I see them and I like forget that that's not real I know. I, like know them in real life. So I don't well, that's know. That's the I weirdest think... thing. Like we should know better. Like we, we see both sides of it, but it's so easy to fall we into don't. the trap of, oh, it looks so pretty. It looks so fun. Like I wish I was doing that, but you're like, I, I know. know what that's like, it's not what it's all. Crack like I'm do. never going to complain about a brand trip in my life oh. because it's the best, yeah. but I don't think people realize that you go on the brand trip for like two days. Yeah. Basically it's enough time to just scrape up some content and make yeah. it look like you were on a lit two-week vacation. Oh, exactly. That's totally. a full month for me, for sure. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. they're amazing. They're so much fun because, yes, it's like they put you in the best situations to get the most beautiful photos. Totally. For the brand, whatever. You can't complain about it. It's part of your job, and it's like the most amazing part of your job. But yeah. I think it's like that's even something where it's like a parallel to like the life in L.A. where it's like you think that's life in L.A. all the time. You think it's so great constantly. Totally. But then in reality, it's like. Have you seen the show Hollywood yet on Netflix? No, is it good? Watch it. The ending is kind of weird, but it like, it really made me realize because it like takes place in the forties, but it's as if like they were rewriting Hollywood, how, what Hollywood could have looked like. Right. Um, And you watch it and you're like, that is just so accurate to like, maybe not like actor life, but like definitely influencer life. Hmm. It's going to be this one thing. And in reality, it's like totally different, but they've done a really good job of making it seem like amazing and wonderful. And right. It's so fascinating because I guess like this whole gen is still the group of people that is paving the way for influencers. And I mean, me and Tor talk about it all the time, but it's going to be really interesting to see what the psychological effects are. I mean, if not immediately, but in 25, 35, 50 years, like, you know, there's going to be those group of people who blow all their money. They realize in five years, the roller coaster has ended and they're Mm -hmm. off their high and they get used to that caviar on a Tuesday kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then when that's gone, so is their identity. And I think it's going to be a huge wave of, I think it will be a crisis for all of those people. It's going to be very fascinating. Um, it can go both ways, but that's something that, I mean, seems like you have the same philosophy, but Tor and I talk about that all the time. It's like, take it for what it's worth. Like in the moment, have the best time, make the best of it. But it's like, we need to recognize like that is not normal. So fun. It's a privilege. But, yeah. What? Like it's, yeah. I think it's even like beyond a privilege. It's like a fluke. Yeah. It's also <laughs> it's the whole like, thing where it's like a it's, big it's like, fluke. Yeah. yeah. Really, but it's also the whole idea that it's like literally nothing is free. Right. Nothing mm. is oh. free. And you think it is. And it's like, even if it's like the cost of like your sanity in the future, I don't know. That's why true. Like, quarantine That's is really so true. It's like, what actually makes me happy yeah because like I think I've been lucky that I've got to sit in this like influencer space for eight years which is like really crazy to think about yeah that's a huge amount of time yeah it's pretty nuts um but I'm even in a place now where I'm like am I gonna like step out of this willingly or am I gonna just like continue this in my own way and I think I'm just gonna do it in my own way realizing that like you can't it's so easy to get comfy in like LA life 
for sure I think there's especially like this like weird stigma too of like there's like like I feel like there's girls that are doing this for the sake of that lifestyle yeah. Not because they have oh, like an sure. urgency to share things, but because they want to be invited to those parties because yeah. they want that. And then you just see them like, I feel like we've kind of all like drifted into this like Instagram world kind of organically. Yeah. Like you guys both were doing other stuff before you were yeah on Instagram, but it's like there's people right. that like that's their aspiration is to like be reposted by the Instagram famous. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like, there's also nothing wrong with it, but I look at it and then I'm like seeing the way that they treat their boyfriends and I'm seeing the way that they like yeah. treat their friends and like it's it, the fact that like everyone's just kind of like stopping their life or shifting their life to like aspire to do to something. like accommodate this like app essentially like everything is put on hold to accommodate this photo or this moment and it's just a really strange thing totally or like like i'm just sharing a bunch of personal stories that are not cohesive to this whole thing i'm I'm sorry no this is great um but i have one friend and she her boyfriend is like super super high profile to the point where like but she doesn't want that spotlight like no one knows that they're dating they are so private no one knows who she is like she doesn't have an instagram we've wow. just been that is a 2020 like, flex for sure oh yeah no exactly the None. fact that no one knows that yeah. this person has a girlfriend and that she is his girlfriend wow. is crazy cool. they like don't go out together for that reason if they do they go to like i'll get in they'll be like meet me here and it's like a random Aww. bar in the middle of like encino like they encino is in the <laughs> middle of nowhere for people that are listening yeah like, they are so low profile to like a glory level whoa but because of that, like she has felt like really inhibited in doing stuff in her own career because she's like, I don't want to get attention for this. Like uh, I'm nervous about pursuing this because I don't want it to ruin my relationship. And like right. she's totally in the right because she's someone that like sees the influencer life and is like, that's not what I want. I don't want to mm. get invited on a vacation because my boyfriend does something that yeah. people think is cool. She's like, right. I just want to hang out with him. Right. Um, well, and that's the thing. No matter like what your intentions are, people on the internet well oh my god someone's like trying to call but me she's and still like a couple people have figured it out and she gets like hate mail all the time that's terrible and i'm well, like she doesn't want this <laughs> like, exactly yeah. and then people will frame up these stories like oh you're using this person for this and it's like no matter what place of intent i mean i think and it goes back to again what we always say if you know someone in real life you know what their intentions are and what they're like but if you don't know these people people just chalk up these ideas write these stories yeah. and yeah, they um, don't know exactly and it can screw with people in real life and and people don't get it Totally. That's upsetting. Okay. We, these are like two, like that girl that I was talking about and then another girl are like two of my oldest friends in LA. We all met in like a random party when we were 16. We've been friends for so long. Yeah. So another girl, she was like, well, like, I feel like, like, she was like, I don't like, we didn't know this other girl, but she was really, really close with the one girl. So we're like, invite her to like this dinner or whatever. And the whole dinner, she was like trying to vlog the dinner. And oh, my friend, no. like, didn't know how to say, like, she, she also, like, wasn't a YouTube vlogger. So right. that's why the whole thing was awkward, is it wasn't that's like she was, like, a weird. regular vlogger, and we kind of, like, knew what we signed up for. It's like, we oh, were no. under the impression that we were going on, like, a, like, a close Girls friend, night. Like, really chill dinner. Not even, like, a girl's night. We were at, like, a restaurant with no alcohol. Like, oh. <laughs> we were, like, literally just having, like, homie dinner. Like, that's just, yeah. like, a lack of social awareness, though. It's and like, just, like, whips out a vlog camera, and she, like, Ugh. what's up, everybody? We're here. To, like, what? Exactly. <laughs> and, she, like, I think my friend just felt so bad, because she's, like, I don't want to act like I'm, like, trying to have a superiority complex asking her not to vlog, but, like, yeah. at the same time, like, this is just, like, 
I don't want this on the internet. Yeah. And it's just that where I'm like, I see that happen in LA literally all the time. I see people that are like friends of big YouTubers that then become YouTubers. And it's just like such a thing where it's like, if it's something that you love to do and it's fun, like no judgment, do it. But it's just like, there's so many times where you can just see like what it is. It's not like that person even tries to do anything different. They literally just make content to get views of that person's name in Mm -hmm. it. Oh. No, it makes you feel like bad almost though. Cause it's, it's coming from a place. It must be coming from a place of insecurity or desperation. And, or you just see this like fake life and you're oh, like, well, true. I want to be part of it. Exactly. Well, even like on a similar kind of vibe, me and Tori say this all the time too. Like say we're at an event, brand trip, whatever it is. And say there's this epic experience, you know how they make, like you'll be doing this ice skating or whatever the thing is. Right. And there'll be people that are there to get the photo and, and whatever. I respect it. But something that, I strive to do. I know Tori does. And it sounds like, again, you're a very similar mindset. It's like finding that balance. It's like, we want to be able, sure, get that cute photo, post it. I get it. But also I want to be there tobogganing down that hill, having a great, yeah. no one to like, I want to enjoy it. Totally. Yeah. I want to yeah. belly dive across the lake, even though that gave me a big bruise, but, uh, uh good old Alexa, lady. Alexa also went to Lake Louise. Oh, you want yeah. to know? Yeah. Oh my God. It was the best ever. Except like I was waking up at like five in the morning to go on like hikes with all these like old little tourists. <laughs> Wait, um, really? And then everyone else would be like in full glam at breakfast. I'd be like sweating. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just like not cut out for this like influencer <laughs> life that I thought I was. That's I mean, crazy. that's true too. It's like there's, and I think people behind the scenes or people just consuming content would never know this, but I think there's a huge, even just standard in the, in the creator world that like everyone is just always on, always looking a hundred. Like it's just crazy. Like I think of something like a Coachella or like a Revolve Festival and just how insane that experience is because it's just but like Los Angeles on Revolve. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like LA. I don't know. It's so crazy. It's, it's just, really nuts. It's just, like it, everyone it, just looks so fabulous. I think the craziest part to me is that like so many people have convinced themselves that that is the whole world. Right. Right. Like so many influencer people really think that like certain influencer activities are everything. And that if they're not there, <laughs> they are not valid. Like that's yeah. the thing that like, like blows my mind is that I'm like, whoa, like what would happen if we like put you in like a corporate office? Like what would happen if like you had to go and like sell like manila folders? Like what would happen? No, it's just like reality check. Like, yeah. That's hilarious. I don't know. Like I'm craving an office job. Like I just want to, like, I've never had that. I like Like, that. Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing is I just don't know if my brain is, would, would work there. Like proper cubicle or like more of an open free space, like open like free a Google, space, sure. Facebook, Google, like something like that, where they have trendy slides like, in the offices. But then yeah. again, like, who am I to say like, mm, I deserve that job. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The cubicle. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's so weird. To flip it on its head though, I mean, you've obviously been in the industry for so long, a significant amount of time. Do you have then some like positive flip experiences that were just insanely like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm having this moment, whether that's like a brand partnership or like something that really stands out as like, holy shit, how is this my life? I mean, I feel like I'm also making it sound like I don't work at all. <laughs> I'm like, I might come out of YouTube routine. No, I like work very, very, very hard. And like, I can look in the mirror and be like, I have done so much work. Totally. On my job, on my career, on my goals, on my like, like, I, like, 
I made a moon board when I was 16 and I just started YouTube. And by the time I was 25, I was like, I'd done everything that I wanted to do at 25. Wow. Maybe it wasn't exactly how I envisioned it when I was 16. Maybe it wasn't whatever. Some of the things were better. Some of the things weren't, but like I'd done all of it. And then I was 25 and I was like, what do I do now? (laughs) I can say that that's because like I worked very hard and like I was genuine in what I did. And like, I did things the way that I wanted to do them. And I don't know, like, I'm proud of what I did. I'm like really excited about the work that I put in. Um, well, I think too, like you don't always need to just be posting a YouTube video or an Instagram post to validate that you are working hard. Like I think people are starting to understand it too, but there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes, whether it's YouTube or not, or consulting or you're in school, all these other things. It's like, that deserves a huge clap too. Yeah. I think those are kind of like, those are certain things that like, I look back and I'm like, okay, the hard work was worth it when like my whole life growing up, my bedroom, I had like would print out, cut out every single Marc Jacobs campaign. And the Aww. fact that I've worked with them for like almost three years now is like crazy and have done more. I love all your photos for them. them. You do a great job. I love them so much. They can have anything they want for the rest of their lives. Um, <laughs> what did them. you think at 15? Like, what did you think? Okay, where am I going to be in 10 years? Did you have that like clear cut job that you thought or you just knew the field you were going to be in? Yeah, I think I thought I really wanted to be I remember I did a career class and the, the career teacher almost failed me for the project because he said I didn't pick a pr- practical goal. And I said oh, that I, I wanted that. to be an actor, a director, producer, and an entrepreneur all in one. And I didn't know what that looked like yet. Mm-hmm. And that was like the pitch I gave to the class where I was like, yeah. this is what I'm going to do. I don't know what I would be studying in college, but I want to do all of those. And like, I want to figure out how to make it my own. And like, I realized then I was like, I don't really think I want to be an actor. I don't think I would be very good at just like, I don't think I'm patient enough to be an actor and like I don't think I am calm enough to just be a director on a set and I don't think I am like what I think we believed an entrepreneur was when I was what 14 right Right. Um, but it's cool that like even then I like kind of told myself the job that I was going to have and I told everyone I was like the job I'm going to have is not a job yet things that I'm excited about that I did um yes things that I look back as I when the show that I worked on a couple, I was like, I, I, so Lo Anthony has been doing these like writing scheduled, like, like writing prompts every day that you write about. And it's kind of made me like, remember all the things that I'm really proud of. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I think like graduating college was really big. I didn't think I was going to do that in YouTube at the same time. Yeah. Um, for acting stuff, I went out on an audition, not knowing that it was an audition. I had, didn't have an agent. I'd never auditioned for anything. And I, I booked it and it was a pilot. And it was crazy. That was first really audition. Fun. Yeah, my first audition. Damn, that's um, awesome. Because I had broken up with my boyfriend and it broke my heart and I couldn't hold myself together. And I think they thought it was talent, but in reality, I got to set and I couldn't speak. And they had to cut me out of it basically, but like we still did it and it didn't oh, get yeah. together. Proud of that. And then when I like, actually like trained as an actor and was like, this is something that I would like to at least try. Um, we did a show with the people that did To All the Boys. Oh, it was really cute. It was like they did to all the boys, which was like an adaptation of the book. Like yeah, like rom com. So they were like, "Why don't we do like a quirky rom com with like a dead character and make oh, it that's so fun. fun!" When we got noticed, like we all got an email. I got called. They're like, "Oh, the show's going to Hulu." We were like, "That's cool." That's oh, really that's cool. They didn't put a marketing budget behind it, so like very few people saw it. And like this, the production heads of both companies ended up like moving so it kind of got like shuffled 
underneath everything. But. I hate how much that happens. Like it yeah. happens far too often that a great show just doesn't have the right marketing totally. behind it. And it just it flops. Like it's, we happens. got like two shitty billboards somewhere. And I was oh. like, that's cool. Like, yeah, that's it's, it's crazy to know how much marketing actually, no matter how good the show is, if it just doesn't yeah. fall into the right hands, like it's, ugh, that bothers me. But you know what? I got to do it. It was fun. And yeah, that's awesome. That I don't really want to do it forever. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good too. And it was fun to experience that. Was it the same thing for you? Are you still actively working in the acting space? Or are you focusing more on like entrepreneur well, endeavors? I still, I still audition for things. I still have the same agent that I've had the entire time. I mm-hmm. guess the only difference is I feel like the projects that come my way now are one like either not my right age demo like I'm in a really strange place where I'm not going to play the like 28 year old or 25 year old lawyer because I look too Mm -hmm. young for that but then I'm also like a little bit too developed and like kind of look old enough that I shouldn't be in high school either so it leaves you in like a really strange place where it's like I think I you know am talented enough that like if I wanted to like be on a show like suits and like could be a lawyer like I would love that but it's like I'm five or eight years off like I'm just like it's also I feel like I'm in an in-between stage kind of I feel like also the way I mean we've seen it happen with a bunch of huge like YouTube stars then going to Disney or doing like getting Mm -hmm. traditional roles based off of like their online success so it's gonna be something really interesting to see how that continues to develop and I mean, it's already, I mean, the whole stigma of people being internet famous or internet, whatever, okay. YouTubers, whatever, that is already slowly day by day. I feel like getting torn down yeah. a little bit. There's always that thing where it's like, oh, they're from the internet, you know? But I think in five, 10 years, like it's all going to be blurred. Like you look at- Yeah, it's just going to flow. Total side note. Did anyone else see Mason Disick as in Kourtney Kardashian's son on TikTok live stream? No, but I heard about this and then didn't they like yeah. take him off yeah, of TikTok? Yeah, they've been taking him off of like Instagram and he made a TikTok. It's just like actually hilarious. But I saw this clip of it and he was talking about, he's like, well, Addison, um, what's her last name? The TikTok. Uh, Addison Ray. Addison Ray. They're okay. like, Addison Ray is a celebrity. And he's like basically arguing how she's a celebrity. And to him, who is like the most mainstream type of actual celebrity, like reality TV star, his celebrity is an Addison Ray. And he doesn't see like a difference between that or mm-hmm. a TV actor, right? Interesting. So it'll be interesting to see like in 10, 15, I mean, less than that, I think, of how that's all just going to get blurred even more. Totally. I think that's why you can't like shut the door on anything necessarily, yeah. but you also can't like want it tomorrow it's just yeah, like, sure. you have to realize that like this I think just like entertainment as a whole is in such a weird spot and you just have to be like kind of ready to navigate it as it comes I think so too and I think it's a little bit of a game of patience and like mm-hmm. kind of similar to your original point it's like the right place the right time the right things will line up you just kind of have to give out to the universe and as long as I believe this as long as you're working hard and making the right connections and like putting your best foot forward, like the right things will come your way, even if it's not tomorrow, you know? Yeah, totally. And that's the thing. Um, I think we're in such like the immediacy, like everyone wants things now, now, now. And that is the one industry where it's like, it doesn't matter if you go on 10 auditions. It doesn't matter if you go on a hundred or you go on yeah. one, like you're, you can't control the end game because there's so many varying factors. So yeah. it's like, you can't just get it all now with that type of industry. Yeah. But it's also the same with, I think, the internet. People are, like, fooled into thinking that it happens tomorrow. Yeah, like a viral video and then you're this thing. Yeah, Yeah, and that does does not happen for very many people. And if it does happen for you, it's almost kind of scary because you're like, how long is this going to last if you go viral tomorrow? Totally. Totally. How do you... 
how do you deal with the day-to-day now? Like this is a bit of a segue, but like, I'm sure our listeners are curious. I think a lot of people wonder like what teams look like for people. Do you have like a manager still? Do you have an agent? Like how does that all flow? Especially in LA, I feel like it's very complicated. At one point, I think right before I like broke down and like couldn't really do YouTube anymore, I had a huge team. I had two agents, two managers. I had a manager, a manager's assistant, and like a second assistant. And so all three of them were on my team. I had an assistant, I had oh an God. editor, and I had like an MCN network partner. So again, right. I had my two agents, I had my manager, her assistant, a second assistant, my assistant. Um, who else? You had a proper small army. Yeah, I had like, a, I had like eight people, I had eight, eight people on my team. Oh my God. That's a lot. Yeah. It was no, like I'd never, unless you were like Miley Cyrus, you don't need that many people on your team. Right. You know? Like that's nuts. You, I think ultimately in like my perfect dream world, I would just have my manager and things would be yeah. great. Um, right now I currently have my manager, my manager's assistant, my assistant, and then that's it. That's nice. Um, I have my acting agent, but I kind of called him and was like, hey, we're not going to do this for a while. I <laughs> yeah. need to like, focus on like what I really want to do. Um, totally. So we have him. I have a couple like acting agents, but I've kind of put that on yeah. time out for now. Um, so yeah, now it's just me and my manager mostly, and then our assistants coordinate stuff, but it's just the two of us and things have been good. I think I'm going to go look for an agent soon or take more meetings with agents to see. Yeah that's really what I want to do. I and mean, I might start working with a producer to just kind of start making more elevated stuff. Oh, that's cool. Um, I feel yeah. like something about LA specifically is so interesting from a team perspective, because it's just so different, I think, than what we have in Canada. Like, yeah, who do because, you work with? Well, I had a, I had a team for a while. I had a manager and there was two assistants. So there was three of them. And I liked that, but part of me always thought that I would do better on my own. And so I left them two years, a year and a half ago now. And I'm so much happier. Like I love managing everything on my own. I like being the face of my brand. I like talking to the clients, like, but I enjoy that. So like, I've just made the best of it, but, and I have a film agent, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel like beyond that, like the new business part of it, I feel like is less of a thing in Canada. Whereas like a manager for you is probably out there like seeking, like, amazing partnerships or like a bigger brand deal and I just feel like in Canada that's not really the case like it's just I don't not think the it's as competitive in Canada true I know, totally. true you're yeah. so right and I like I also yeah I have my lawyer too so we have like that's, oh, yeah, that's the, a lot. the squad but um are MCM still a big thing down yeah. in LA because they're not a big thing mm-hmm. here anymore they were for a while and for a while they kind of did a lot for you I was with Style Hall for a while and I really liked them they were really really great mm-hmm. um but yeah, in LA, I feel like, I don't, it just depends on what you want to do. Like I don't have a yeah. manager to manage my socials per se. Like she does it, but I got that manager because I was like writing and selling TV shows for a minute. And that's right. still my, like, is that where I'm going to navigate? So my manager is at management 360 and she looks over like unconventional talent because 360 right. is a very traditional entertainment industry, okay. entertainment, uh, management company, management they manage, yeah. like mostly actors and writers. Um, and then she manages like a couple, I'm like, I think she has me and like one other influencer. Um, but I didn't meet her through YouTube. I met her through my acting agent. He was just like, Hey, you're selling TV shows. Like we need you to have like a traditional manager. Yeah. And I got put in with her because she has, um, a couple other influencers and reality stars. So she knew that landscape. See, that's the thing too. It's like you're offering 
you're offering more than one thing. Like you need someone totally. that understands that and can navigate that and, and obviously get you the best deals no matter what it is, whether that's a TV show or, or a brand deal. Yeah. And she's like as crazy as me where like, I'll have an idea. And she's like, that's actually like not nuts. Like maybe we should pursue that. Oh, I like Or that. like, I'll have an idea that like probably won't make much money and she'll still be like, you know what? Like, let's just do it anyway. Oh, that's like, so great. She'll put the work in knowing that it might never sell. Cause it's like way too out there, but yeah. I don't know. That's what you really need is just someone that has your back. That's encouraging you and pushing you to do the next thing. So I think because it's she's Go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was gonna say, I think it's easy too, like to forget about those passion projects, whether it's about making money or not, because it's like, at the end of the day, we're in a creative field. And if you're not doing things totally. that are creatively fulfilling, sure, I get dollar bills are important. Like I get mm -hmm. it. But also you need to have like a healthy mix of, okay, this is creatively fulfilling. I've been wanting yeah. to do this, even if it's not a moneymaker yeah. or if I go in the hole or. <laughs> if I go in the hole, what's go that? In the hole. <laughs> like go in the hole of money like yeah, losing yeah. money yeah yeah yeah. and I even see. for like a minute like I took a year where like I told her I was like I don't want to work at all this year like I want to finish college I've been working since I was 16 yeah I've saved up enough money where I don't need to be like incredibly stressed out like yeah let's keep working with the brands that we have like really really good partnerships with that I really enjoy working for but totally. like, I'm not gonna take over a brand deal that's gonna make me a ton of money but like suck the joy out of me like it's not yeah. what it me. and she was like I respect that let's totally do it and the whole time she was like meet up with this writer, try to like work with her. Does this person make sense to you? Like she's just always someone that's like had my best interest at heart yeah. and is like more of a big sister than a manager at this point. Like, I don't I know. I've called, her, I've called her in quarantine for emotional support more than Aww. I've called her for like career advice. Right. That's good. It, like, and that's the thing. The lines blur, especially in this industry yeah. of like personal to business. Like you kind yeah. of have to have a healthy mix of both with the people that you're close with. It's yeah. so true. Um, well, we like to finish this podcast by playing a game. We play it every single time we end up, end the podcast. It's called Roses and Thorns, and it's a gratitude game. So oh, I love roses and thorns. Oh, oh you know it. Yeah. Okay, go. good. Um, so Jack, you pick it crazy. Off. Okay. Um, oh, uh, okay. Thorn. Um, thorn is that. Oh, I wasn't ready for this. Thorn is that we don't have Zoom Pro and it has been a problem for the last three weeks. So we just need to spend, I think it's yeah, over cheap dollars. We're going to so buy it. This might is be crazy. a business investment we're going to have to go in the hole for. Yeah. Go in, in the there. hole. Um, and then a rose is, actually it was so nice having you on Alexa. I feel like I've heard so many things about you and I've seen your YouTube career. I feel like over, I mean, from you, the OG days. So this was super exciting to chat and hear more about you know, the things that are going on the back end. So it's super I know, I'm excited to talk to you too. This was so nice. Oh, thanks. And then another rose is, you know what? It was a rainy day this morning and the sun has now come through. I'm like staring at this like beautiful sky. So I think it's I'm so going nice. to go for a nice little walk and get some, get some steps in. Love Tori that. won me last or beat me last week on, we had like an Apple watch challenge and she like steps. doubled her score against me. So I'm like, I need to move my body more during this quarantine. So I'm going to go on a little walk. Isolated though. Everyone listening, do not worry. Do not panic. And then a rosebud, something I'm looking forward to is um, Mother's Day on Sunday, actually. Yeah. I'm making, I'm going to make my mom like her favorite like pasta dish and um, nice. I'll see my mom, which would be nice. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Alexa? You kick it off. A thorn, two roses, thorn. and a rosebud. Um, I think the thorn is that they've closed down all the beaches. Oh yeah. Which like, we have like this tiny private beach near my house that no one was going to, and it was totally safe. 
Oh, and now you can't go there anymore to close the beach, which was like the best. But the rose is that it's open from six to 10 for exercise. Oh, that's good. The rose. And then I'm looking forward to getting to see friends in real life. Retweet. Um, my thorn is that it really feels like Friday and in fact, it's Thursday. Mm. So that's a thorn. Yeah. <laughs> thorn <laughs> energy for yeah. sure. Thorn and energy. Then, <laughs> and then a rose is, um, yeah, I have to also steal Jack's because having you on Alexa is so nice. I love hearing oh. the stories and, um, yeah, I mean, it's so crazy because I feel like we, like, I've actually known you for so long because I, I think know. I met you at like Madison's like what was the story of how you guys met? Oh, 13th birthday. I, I think it was like 14th or 15th. No, it was her 13th with that with, house in Malibu. Oh no. I was thinking of the other one, which you definitely came to with like, um, what's Vanessa Hutchins sister's Stella. name? Yeah. Stella. You were there. I'm almost sure. Wait, what did we do at her? There birthday? was a red carpet and it was like at a club. Jaden Smith was there. This is a real Oh my throwback. God. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I met you at her 13th birthday, which I've is crazy. I've done for so long. Yeah. That's insane. Um, we so both we, we fangirled over each other at Cody Simpson's birthday. Yes. Yeah. There, there's been just oh many God. moments. That's too funny. Um, but yeah, no, so funny. So I know, this is so nice. That was a rose. And then rose bud is the borders are literally closed. So I couldn't be in LA even if I wanted to be. So I look forward for the day that I get to show up in LA when the borders reopen. And yeah, that's it. I'm ready to like hit up Malibu or get some sweet green and live that true life. That's what I'm saying. Sweet green? Oh God, no. It's we talk about this all the time. We think I want it missing business opportunity here in Toronto. There's like a few like <laughs> healthy restaurants that have like good salads, but there's not a proper like kind of grab and go sweet green tender, like none of that. And we think someone needs to monopolize on this. Why I agree. I mean, I know. let's start a salad. Hot taco salad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's I'm... our new business venture. Yeah. Something's uh, missing. Now is not well, the time to start a business though. No. I, I think so. We'll have to it's put that true. on hold. It's yeah. true. Well, Alexa, thank you so much for being here. That was another episode of Potty Talk, the podcast where we shit talk ourselves. I'm Jack. And I'm Tor. And that was Alexa Losi. Go follow her. I'm going to leave all the links below. Thanks, Alexa. Thanks, guys. Bye.